Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ National, presented by Alison Balance and Veronica Maduna. Kaka have been in the news in Wellington in the last couple of weeks. There have been several contrasting opinions about them expressed by biologists from Victoria University of Wellington. One described Kaka as a new urban pest, while the other celebrated their return to the city. Love them or hate them, there's no denying that these forest parrots are smart. The question is exactly how smart. Their cousin, the care, has been shown to be very intelligent indeed, but no one has ever looked at problem-solving in Kaka until now. Alison joins Victoria University PhD student Julia Lippelt at Zelandia Sanctuary as she puts some of the resident kaka to the test. As these are wild birds, obviously, we're quite dependent on their cooperation. So we can only do these experiments when they're actually willing to participate. <laughs> so let's kick off by explaining what these kaka feeders are. Do you want to describe them to us? Yes, yeah, so they are metal boxes, essentially. So Zelandia uses parrot pellets. Um, as supplementary food. Food is covered by a lid. There's a tread plate connected to the feeder, so if a kaka steps on the tread plate, that works as a lever, and it takes the weight of a kaka to actually open the lid, which is why other smaller birds can't get in. So they're used to that? They're used to that. They know how to use these feeders. Um, They've learned it from older birds. So what's the first experiment we're going to do? The first experiment is what I call a lid opening. So... A good starting point for me was to actually use the feeders to create the problem out of the feeders because the kaka knew how to use them and because a large number of kaka regularly shows up here to use them. So what I did was I actually removed the tread plate so now they couldn't show their usual behavioral response which is stepping on the tread plate to open the lid. They had to find a different way. So basically you're just switching out the feeders to one that doesn't have a a treadle plate on it. That's exactly right. And the next thing I do is put tasty cashew nuts in it to provide an extra bit of motivation. So what's the trick to this one we're trying to do now? The birds have to go round to the side and flip the lid, is it? Exactly, because the lid is quite long. um, They can't actually lift it far enough from the front of the box to actually flip it over the pivot point so that it would stay open. So the best way to do it is going around to the side and then just flip it over, moving slightly to the side. Having said that, there was more than one bird that actually managed to push it open from the front and the way that they did it was just to hold it in their beak and then stepping onto the box into the food tray and then just walking over. Well, that's the thing with problem solving is that problems don't always get solved the way we think they should be solved. (laughs) That's exactly right. And often um, that's when it gets really interesting when your study animals come up with ways that you didn't see coming. (laughs) So we've got a kaka. So Julie had put out some... uh, cashews just as enticement and so that one now knows there's cashews around. So this is a bird you've tested? Yes that is a bird that participated in all my experiments. She hasn't solved the first one but 
she did solve the lid opening, so there's a good chance we get to see it. And she's already tried lifting it from the front. Exactly, so she grabs the lid with her beak and lifts it up. Now she's moving around the box, exploring, it, exploring the back of it. So what we often see is birds trying to open the feeder in the way they know it should open. Mm -hmm. So they approach the box from the front and try to lift the lid from the front. It's intriguing watching them kind of go through that thinking process of, yes. you know, there's something in there, how do I get at it? Now she's round the side and she's done it. Excellent problem solving. And now a freeloader's grabbed the other nut. <laughs> yeah, for some birds it seems to be the strategy to just hang around and wait for another bird to solve it. If a bird solved a problem one day, was that it? Did it know the solution to the problem? If it came back the next day and you'd set it the same task, what would happen? Sometimes when they initially solved it and they would come back a few days later, they start showing all the exploratory behaviours again as if they haven't solved it before. And then once they do it again, they get really, they get faster really quickly. What was also interesting, she is one year old now, so she was one of, she was a juvenile when she originally solved the lid opening problem. So she clearly gave a demonstration of while there were several older kaka around and watched her do it. But they don't seem to learn from that. I think there's some evidence suggesting that younger birds learn from older birds, but not the other way around. So that might have been the case here, because it was the young birds solving it, that the older birds wouldn't pick up that behaviour. But still, it's quite a puzzling thing. So there's been a lot of work done with the carcass relative the kia, and that's shown itself to be a, a great problem solver. Yes. But it's remarkable no one's done it with kaka before. Exactly, that's right. Yeah, no one has looked at the kaka's intelligence yet. So that was really interesting for me to see how they would do um, compared to the Kia. So what exactly were you setting out to answer? So this is part of your PhD research. What were you looking at? I'm looking at individual variation in their innovative problem-solving abilities and what factors might be influencing that variation. It's something that we still know very little about, especially in wild animals. So it's an um, exceptional opportunity here to be studying wild parrots. And so when you talk about variation, that's between, say, adults and juveniles, males and females? Exactly. Also looking at how much time they spend trying to actually solve the problem. So we take that as a measure of how persistent they are. I'm also looking at the various behaviours they show when they're trying to solve the problem. Um, for example, whether they always try to keep doing the same thing over and over again or whether they're displaying various um, different exploratory behaviours. So you've already run through a number of experiments. So there's this one where you've taken the tread plate off and they have to manually flip the lid up. Mm -hmm. What other kinds of experiments have you done? My very first experiment was actually um, what I call the block removal. So, as the name suggests, it involved a wooden block, which I put underneath the tread plate. So that blocks the tread plate, which means when the kaka steps on it, the lid won't open. So if they understand that stepping on the treadle is what opens the lid, they should look for the blockage and remove it. And then another experiment that I've run with them is 
what's called the string pulling. So you just hang up a string and attach food um, to the end of the string. And it's too far above the ground to reach from below. So if the kaga wants to get the food, it has to pull up the string and with the string, the reward. So two of these experiments involve the feeders that they're very familiar with and you're just modifying the feeders. The string one is a completely different problem for them. Exactly, an entirely novel apparatus. Um, and the reason we did that was because one of the most striking findings of the first two feeder experiments was that the juvenile birds were outperforming the adults. Um, so in the block removal experiment, there was actually no adult that was able to solve that one. And in the lid opening, it was only one adult bird. And one possibility for that happening was that the adults are so familiar with these feeders and have their behavioral response to them that they might have had difficulties modifying that behavioral response. So they might have just not been quite as flexible in their behavior as the juvenile birds. So we were setting up an entirely novel problem to see if the result would be different with that one. So you say that none of the adult birds solved the block problem. Did the juveniles solve it? They did, yes. And the sub-adult birds, which would be individuals um, of about one to four years of age, they were sitting kind of in between. So they were not as good as the juveniles, but they were doing better than the adult birds. The juveniles also tend to be more persistent when they're trying to solve the problem. So they spend longer exploring the box or the string. And they also show a greater variety of behaviours when they're exploring it. So they're thinking outside the box a bit more. Yes, exactly. You could say that. So you've hung a string with a cashew nut tied on the bottom. So we've just got a new bird who's another one you recognise. Yes. So she's just seen the string with the cashew nut. Just flown to the branch where the string hangs and now she starts pulling that string up. So she has to reach down several times, grab the rope with her beak and then she secures the rope she's gained with her foot by stepping on it. Other birds, instead of stepping on it, they hold it in their foot, making little loops. And quite a lot of them, actually, rather than sitting on the branches she's doing now, they hang upside down because that gets them closer to the nut. <laughs> Do they succeed when they're hanging upside down? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's, often they actually also eat the nut hanging upside down. And she's got the nut. Excellent problem-solving <laughs> skills. So she's clearly very good at this problem now. Can you remember what she was like? Did it take her long to solve it? No, I think it didn't. Um, most of the birds solved the string pulling like within a trial or two, so they were very fast. What is it about the string pulling, do you think? Um, I think it might have to do with the visibility of the food reward as well. So they see the nut. Whereas with the lid tipping experiment, they've got to, in a sense, hold, it, hold an image of the fact that there is a reward exactly, inside yeah. in the head, but they can't see it. So did you have birds that managed to solve all three? Yes, I did. So they're the star birds. <laughs> and other birds that never solved anything? Yes, I also have those and quite a large number of them. <laughs> When you were do running through your experiments and you ended up in a situation like this with lots of birds, how, how would you actually work it? Would you just focus on one bird? Um, 
Well, with the feeder experiments, the great thing was that I would just set it up and then see what happens. So pretty much any bird that arrived on the platform and tried to explore the box would be one of my participants. So what I always do is I um, film the experiments when I'm conducting them here. And then I would just look at the video record to see which individuals um, try to solve the task and what ex behaviors they showed and how long they spent on the platform. This teaches you to be a very patient researcher, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it's also very fascinating and interesting to see how these wild animals engage with problems as they come across them. And that includes deciding not to bother with actually trying to solve them, but rather going and making use of another food source that they know is available. What's the most interesting results you've got, do you think? What have well, you really enjoyed the, finding out? Well, that the juveniles were more successful problem solvers than the adults. That was certainly a very interesting finding. That was Julia Lerpelt, a PhD student at Victoria University of Wellington and a few kaka. And if you'd like to see the kaka IQ tests in action, there's a short video on our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld.